Hi everybody and welcome again or for the first time to the Comics Is Our Better podcast where we talk about independent comics and whatnot. What is whatnot? You'll find out. And with me as always are my fellow hosts, Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hello. Thank you both for joining me today to talk the what comics. Was that a sentence? That didn't sound like a sentence. It's working. We do have a great episode, despite my (laughs) lack of making sentences. And um, we'll go ahead and get started with, um, as always, with our DIY corner, which is actually a kind of a fun one. Um, It's it's rare when we do a DIY corner where I've read some of the book already. Uh, But this is the case in this place. Um, It is actually the Waste of Space, uh, the Cosmic Collection. It is an omnibus of all 25 issues of Wasted Space. It's gonna be 672 pages. It's more than 11 inches tall and weighs over three pounds. It is a hardcover behemoth of a book. <laughs> it's one that you wanna to take to a fight if you wanna fight with, with a book. Um, it's written by uh, Mike, Michael Morisi. Um, it's uh, drawn by Hayden Sherman, uh, colored by Jason Wordy, uh, lettered by Jim Campbell, uh, designed by Tim Daniel and edited by Adrian Wassel. Uh, it's from Vault. Um, but you know, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're an established, um, publishing company, but you know what, we're, we're going to still extend a DIY corner for them. Um, this book, cause this book wouldn't be made if it wasn't for the, uh, the crowdfunding that's going on. Essentially, uh, the story, it's a sci-fi story. Um, it's kind of a political slash religious story as well. Um, the, uh, the notes about what it's about is, uh, that Billy Bain is a prophet who got it all wrong and the galaxy has been burning ever since all he wants is to waste away in the darkest corner of space with his best pal dust a supercharged fuckbot but when a new prophet comes calling billy is summoned to the save the galaxy he's at least partially responsible for destroying too bad he couldn't care less so <laughs> so basically um billy bane becomes is a prophet of a god who says like back this political leader who basically is trump to become the new leader of the of the galaxy and he does he, he basically gets all the followers to do so and obviously this leader basically destroys the galaxy is what happens so then he basically is like well i don't want anyone to know who i am and i'm just going to go ahead and go out and just have fun and get drunk and live the rest of my life you know but then unfortunately he's called back into action by uh by this uh by the creator which eventually he decides his job is going to be to kill the creator so it's actually a fun story. Um, a lot of weird, weird, crazy story, crazy characters. Um, Hayden Sherman. Um, I feel like um, I'm actually going to be talking about another book that he drew a little bit later um, in the uh, episode. But um, is, he's a he's a an artist that I didn't realize I love because uh, Richard, you had brought him up um, about uh, my MGMT the, the that book, and I was like, oh yeah, like his art yeah. looks familiar, but I never heard of you know I never read anything by you know written, drawn by him. But it turns out. I read a lot of things that are drawn by him. Cool. So, and I like him a lot. So, um, definitely, art's good, color's good. The story's crazy. It's it's a batshit romp, essentially across the galaxy. Um, it's weird as hell. Um, so, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, definitely recommend it, and uh, definitely check it out on Kickstarter. We'll have the link in the uh, the bio as always. You're really cool. All right. So that is our DIY corner. And, you know, we're going to go ahead and jump into the 
quick hits, aka the spotlights, whatever we're calling them nowadays. I made Richard <laughs> go first last week. Um, I'm gonna go first this week. I hope you all don't mind. Um, I actually have four books, but I'll make it fast. I promise. Okay, so Above Snakes, number three by Sean Lewis, Hayden Sherman, here we go, and Hassan Asme Alahu, uh, El Hau uh, from Image Comics. Um, so Above Snakes basically is a Western with a little bit of a, like a kind of a spooky side to it as well. Uh, it's a story of Dirt, whose uh, wife had been killed by a gang called the Above Snakes, um, and he is on a, uh, you know, basically he's trying to get revenge for the murder of his wife. Um, but in this universe, when you go on a vengeance spree or you have to commit vengeance, you get paired with a vengeance bird. That's like, <laughs> that. that's like basically a spirit that only you can see or such. So only Dirk can see his spirit, uh, vengeance bird, which is Speck. Um, and, uh, Speck is this like crazy, weird sarcastic raven or not a raven um vulture sorry and uh basically um the um this issue um it turns out to be a uh, revenge bird season and it's time for um uh, speck to mate so he's getting like you know <laughs> nice and ready to go find another revenge bird to mate with uh, he's he got a top hat he made a little song so so even though this, this story is about a western about like finding vengeance on a gang you know like there's some silliness going on as well so um this all results in um in spec running afoul of a giant owl who is also another revenge bird, who's actually the revenge bird of, of a character we're introduced to this issue named Comanche, who's also going after the Above Snakes gang for uh, for reasons similar to Dirt. So um, it's kind of like a rival frenemy kind of situation. You know, they both want the same thing, but they both need to be the person to do it because apparently the vengeance bird is also like annoying as hell to anyone who has one. So they all they want to do is get rid of this stupid bird. So that's why they want to commit <laughs> revenge, not okay. just to, not just for the sake of revenge. So good, good book. Uh, once again, great art. Hayden Sherman, um, definitely recommend. And um, Sean Lewis and Hayden Sherman had recently done another book called Thumbs a couple years ago. If you guys are familiar with that one, I don't know, um, but uh, but that that was a well liked book as well. Um, next is. The Bone Orchard Mythos, 10,000 Black Feathers, number one, by Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, and Dave Stewart from Image Comics. This is technically the second story of the Bone uh, Orchard Mythos. Mythos. We talked about the first one, which was a graphic novel um, a couple weeks ago, or a couple, maybe a couple months ago, actually. Um, mm -hmm. The reason why I say technically, because there was actually a previous story that was a short one for um, Free Comic Book Day. Um, mm -hmm. So this is technically the third story. If you've read the first, if you did get pick up the free comic book day uh, issue, it's available on um, Jeff Lemire's um, website. Uh, by the way, for download, in case you want to check out the free comic book day uh, edition of the Bone Orchard Mythos. Very cool. But this book, um, once again, it's it's like a paranormal book about loss, essentially. Um, and um, this one is so Trish. Um, is returning to the town she grew up in. Uh, she, um, she has flashbacks of like her best friend Terry, who um, you find out very early on something. Oh, not sorry, not Terry. Um, her best friend is Jackie, 
and Jackie, um, basically, you, f- you find out she ran afoul of something and possibly Trish is to blame for Jackie's death. Um, and Trish is now a, a well-renowned writer, um, has written like a series of books. Um, she comes back to town. Um, she um, comes to um, Jackie's mom, Terry's house. Um, and Terry, basically, you get the vibe that Terry treats Trish like she's another daughter essentially so she's super happy to see her um meanwhile um trish is like also hallucinating seeing black feathers everywhere and, and also there's a voice like a disembodied voice is telling her that you know asking her if she can hear the, the feathers as they drop um she keeps getting weird flashbacks and she keeps seeing like um weird visions including like a dead man who who obviously has his neck neck broken but he's flying in the air in the middle of the street at night so there's some weird shit going on. This is actually um, a, 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 a mini series, so we didn't get the whole story for once. Um, for this is the first time on the Born Archer Mythos that we're not getting the whole story all at one one uh, hit. So um, I think there's like two more issues. So I wonder where it's going to go. But so far, so good. And um, yeah, Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino. I don't really have to say much more. You know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> awesome creators. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, love Andrea yeah. Sorrentino's art, um, and I love the covers for this. It, the covers, the cover looks so ominous. Oh, <laughs> like you know, you know yeah. something spooky's happening in there. The I yeah, the cover work has been so great so far. Like and like yeah, and like I've looked forward on the other two covers for this series, and yeah, it looks good. <laughs> so next is uh, Star Trek Lower Decks number one by Ryan North, uh, Chris Fanoglio, and Joanna Natalie. Uh, from IDW. So um, truth be told, so I, I, I'm very familiar with, with Star Trek. Um, I'm very Star Trek ad- adjacent. It's definitely something that's I've always wanted to get into. Um, and I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot of Star Trek movies, both original version, like the original cast and, you know, like the new, like Chris Pine, J.J. Abrams stuff as well. And, you know, and I enjoy, I really enjoy Star Trek stuff. I have not watched Lower Decks. I actually was going to skip this until I found out that Ryan North is writing it. And Ryan North is one of those writers, especially if it's a comedy, that I'm going to pick up anything that he writes. Um, In case the name doesn't sound fully familiar he's the guy who wrote um unbeatable squirrel girl oh so so yeah (laughs) um he actually takes the one of the things he did in squirrel girl where at the bottom of some of the pages he actually adds extra notes where it's just like basically a gag or a you know something funny (laughs) at the end of each uh each page um so he does that in this book as well so the the artwork looks exactly like the cartoon um which is definitely a compliment because it's kind of a fun you know, modern style looking cartoon, kind of like um, it reminds you, the artwork actually reminds me a lot of um, Gravity Falls. Oh, cool! Um, and basically, the the premise of the um, of Lower Decks is that this the USS Cerritos. So usually, we we are following like the USS Enterprise. We're usually uh, or or a ship like that where their whole job is first contact basically is to find new races and like basically be like hey join the federation like we're cool and then so the uss cerritos's job is second contact so basically the first contact ship goes this ship has to follow them and basically now create their civilization and set things up so they get all they can basically get the grunt work and now the the lower decks it refers to these this is one of the few stories if not ever like the first story that's not about the like 
you know the 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 main deck the captains and like the the main the main like crew of like of a star trek spaceship this is about the people who make the ship run essentially <laughs> and um and the main characters are um are brad boimler devon attendee and beckett mariner uh, you actually find out beckett mariner's mom is the captain of the ship even though a lot of people don't know that because uh, they have different last names um so I, I do a little homework by the way <laughs> that's why i know all this about lower decks even though i've never seen the show so um i do have to attest though um if you know nothing about the show the comic is still great um, if you have a little bit of a tinge of what Star Trek is, that's all you really need to know. They're on a ship, and they're this is kind of a wacky adventure. Um, this story is about the holodeck. Um, if you ever watch any episodes of Next Generation, some of the best ones have to do with the holodeck. It's basically a place. It's like the Danger Room in, in like X Men, you know, like you know, like it, it creates holograms and you interact with them and everything. And there's like stories. So there's a famous story where in the next generation where data created um he wanted to be um he wanted to be uh what's his name sherlock holmes so he he asked the ship to create a well, moriarty that was like unbeatable and then moriarty later became sentient and and like un, and almost took over the ship and like destroyed the world um and in real life <laughs> and so or in real star trek life <laughs> and, and so he um so the joke is here is that um, that Boimler is creating a place similar and he wants to have a similar adventure, but they find out that there's now safeties put in place. So you can't create, so you can't ask the computer to create something that's smarter than everyone else that will take anything over. And so they're messing around with it and they keep on like saying like computer make, make they said they make a dracula they make a vampire in dracula oh no and they're like make make dracula smarter than the, than than like you know like than us and like and, and make him devious and the computer's like cannot comply cannot comply and they keep on just asking him just because they know that the safety's there well they hit a a weird ion storm that causes everything to malfunction so their their request gets accepted and they've accidentally created a dracula that's smarter than the system oh no that's that you find out later at the end of the issue that he's still alive and he's going to be taking over the, <laughs> the uss cerritos which is funny because it's the cerritos is a is a, a town in the la area and this is a california class uh ship so i wonder if all the california class ships have names of, <laughs> of random towns in california <laughs> so um so yeah, that's uh, Lower Decks. Definitely recommend, even if you haven't watched the show. Like I said, it's pretty. I was gonna say this kind of broke news to me that there was a Star Trek cartoon out there. <laughs> I had no idea that this was a thing. Second one ever. Um, like the first one was back in the '60s with the original crew, and this is yeah, this is definitely a comedy, and it's written by comedy writers, and so it's 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 actually pretty funny by the sounds of it. And Ryan North, I definitely like a lot. So, um, I think it's on the Paramount Network. If you have that. Uh, that's usually where everything Star Trek is. So yeah, I think. Oh, so. Paramount Plus. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. Paramount Plus. Thank you. Okay. Um. Next up, last but not least, Verse Book Two: The Second Gate by Sam Beck, um, from Vault and Wonder slash Wonderbound. Uh. So we talked about Book One uh, a while a long long time ago. It was actually the pre Richard area era. So it's a uh, BR BRE. Um, <laughs> but um, but and like. We all enjoyed the book. Uh, real quick uh, recap: It's a fantasy book. It's uh, about Nietya, uh, who is a girl who appears out of a broken amulet, 
who has horns. Um, this is a world where magic is now illegal because there's these creatures called the Vel that are monster-like or slash demon-like that can only that use magic. And yet, yeah, with the horns, she kind of looks like one, even though she's like a, a normal, like she is able to communicate like a normal human. Um, she befriends Fife, who was the owner of the uh, the amulet. They go on adventures with each other, and eventually, there's a, a person named Bronca who wants to bring magic back to the the masses, and she basically gets a hold of Nietzsche to to create a new um, a new gate, essentially to um, to bring back magic. You know to what they call the verse to the masses, so that everyone can be magical again and like fight. For, for themselves but Bronca is nuts and she's like she's definitely a cult leader um so she, you know there's not there's not, you know there might be some good intentions in her but you can kind of tell especially the way she's drawn she's drawn with crazy eyes you can tell that <laughs> she's not all there um and so anyways uh this story uh first starts basically Niet Nietzsche has been um captured by Bronca and um, they're they're using her to create a portal. It works. It works a little too well. It destroys the city. Uh, the portal cannot be shut down. Um, everyone kind of gets separated. Um, uh, Nia in, ends up getting rescued by a a wandering um, kind of traveler named Lanel Lanel, who turns out to be basically the immortal, uh, one of the, like the like essentially gods that people pray to um, in this world. And like he was there for the first gate opening with his brother Lattice, um, and those, and then they basically so they're like hundreds of years old. So Lanel, who can actually use magic, is is kind of um, rescues and yet yet in, in order, and also wants to teach her basically how to control her powers and listen to the verse and and be able to uh, to control her magic essentially. Um, so this story basically is about how everyone kind of gets back together. Um, and um, like what happens like to um, to all our our favorite characters from the first book. Um, once again, art's great. Um, Sam Beck is one of my favorite artists out there. I'm glad she can definitely write as well. Um, I was actually hoping we could do book two as a main subject going forward, but that's going to mean I have to force you, Richard, to read book one first. So you'll have you'll have two books instead of one book to read. Um, for for an episode so if i if we do that it'll be like after a season break so there's enough time to do to to read two books but i don't think i'm nefarious enough to make you read two books <laughs> instead of one well everyone only everyone else only has to read one so maybe not. thank you so we'll see if you ever <laughs> but if you ever read verse book one on your own and then you know we'll do book two as an actual subject Sweet. so anyways okay. okay so that's my spotlights i definitely have talked enough you guys have any thoughts about any of those books or sounds good oh sounds good <laughs> <laughs> all right okay well all right richard um how about you go next then all right uh this week i took a look at a uh, stuff of nightmares number one it's by rl stein yes uh al kaplan and roman titov um so growing up as a kid i loved goosebumps so mm -hmm. anytime rl stein does something in the comic book realm i always just go give it a look <laughs> awesome. see what's what uh but yeah so the book starts out we have a uh, crypt keeper type character doing the framing device called the nightmare keeper and he's showing us something out of his library which used to be his cabinet of curiosities but he uh collected so many curiosities 
It was too big to fit a cabinet. <laughs> nice. And basically with the setup, he lets on that this is going to be like a Frankenstein type story. So we see like a, a delivery going to a uh, kind of just a sketchy looking building. And it's uh, these, the lab of these two scientists, Jordan and Isaac Cameron. They're the Cameron brothers. And the, no one answers the delivery driver. So he's like, oh, this stuff is perishable. Let me bring it inside. And he is, you know, we can't see, but he is promptly like dragged down the steps or something and is screaming, no. You know, it's very traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see uh, the Cameron brothers and they're with a the woman named Stella and she's bringing them something. And what it's she's bringing them is a piece of intestine, like fresh intestine that she was able to smuggle out of the hospital. And they're, you know, they're just like, well, we could use this for our experiment. So now we flash to a beach out in a, and it's a couple of Char and Diego. And Char is a, a journalist. And Diego is basically, you know, her boyfriend, her husband. He's just trying to drag her away from work because she's so committed to stories that like, you know, she has no work-life balance and just having a little romantic time on the beach. And Shari also know, uh, mentions that she's like, she's, there's a story that she's working about a uh, missing delivery uh, guy. All of a sudden, they hear a big old, like just, <laughs> you know, big old growl. And of course, you know, like a Scooby-Doo mystery, they decide to go investigate. They find the lab, <laughs> knock on the door. <laughs> and uh, one of the brothers comes and answers it. And they're like, hey, and, you know, Shara, she's like, she's doing her journalism. So she's asking a bunch of probing questions, trying to find out what's what. And they tell them that they're climate change scientists. And, you know, and she's like, well, maybe we could do a story about you. And then they get really defensive. And then, the, and then so there's a curtain and Shara's like, what's back there? And a little guy, <laughs> like a little deformed guy pops out. <laughs> and he's like, help me, help me. And oh, they're like, no. Frankie, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> so it's a little guy that they've like Frankenstein together. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 That's exactly how I felt, Gary. When I read it, I was just like, oh, shit, they made a little guy. <laughs> so the little guy just keeps saying, help me, help me. And they're like, what the so the scientists lock them in the lab and one of them is like yo we should kill them like we can't let them leave and they're like yo what the fuck Stella and the other brother it's Isaac Isaac's the one that's wild he's like yo let's just murder them and Jordan and Stella are like nah calm down and basically they cut a deal with Shara they're like hey how about we give you like the story of a lifetime if we could start off here like Nothing about us trying to kill you. Like, we're just starting from scratch and we'll show you. And she's like, okay, deal. And they're like, yeah, like we created this, you know, artificial human, like out of parts. You know, he has a pig's heart, a modified pig's heart. And they're going over it. Then all of a sudden, you're that growl that brought them there to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then they look behind a second curtain and it's a bunch of like deformed, like, failed experiment subject that uh one of the brothers Isaac calls them the mongrels. Oof. Uh oh. 
and you know they're completely deformed and you know like they look like they're in agony and oh my bad i missed the most important detail uh basically in uh, Diego's pocket, Shara put her camera and she's running a live stream because she doesn't trust these guys. So it's in his shirt pocket so then that everything that they're seeing is being live streamed. Oof. Yes. So mm. after they show them the mongrels, they're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, the, 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 the scientists. And Isaac just takes upon himself that he like unleashes the mongrels on Shara and Diego and they like completely dismember them, tear them apart. Oof. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty gruesome. So the rest, of the, the I, Jordan and Stella are kind of like, "Yo, you murdered them. You're fucking crazy." And uh, and I just kind of like, "Not. Nah, it was a lab accident. You know, accidents happen when you're working in the lab. Like we're scientists, and that's how he's kind of justifying things." Mm-hmm. But uh, eventually, they, they do realize that they were on this live stream where they're trying to clean everything up. And they know the police are on the way. So they grab, you know, they grab Frankie and they bail to a boat that they have and they burn the lab with all the mongrels still inside. And that's the end of part one of the story. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's (laughs) it kind of hooked me. Yeah. Yeah. And and little dude Frankie, when he comes out, he's just like, (laughs) help me. Like, it's, it's, oh, oh, it's just not okay. It sounds gruesome. It sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I had that to pick up this week, and uh, I'm excited about reading that. Um, I'm glad that Spooky Season's back. Um, right. Because this, and, and then um, Skybound actually has um, Creepshow is uh, coming out. Oh, I saw that as well. Yeah. So, so you got two kind of cool horror books out this week. And for anybody that's like into R.L. Stein, and maybe you feel stupid buying R.L. Stein Goosebumps books. If you have the opportunity to go to any bookstore or Amazon and look up R.L. Stein's like young adult novels, they're so fucked up and they're so good. Um, I used to read them as a child that was way too young to kind of understand like the more like adult nuances of them. And I actually went on an eBay binge maybe like four months ago and found a bunch from one particular seller and just bought a bunch awesome. because they were like, it's what I read between the ages of like nine and 12. And there's, so, I mean, like R.L. Stein's just a champion of champions as yeah. far as like horror writing and his kid shit still holds up. So I'm so happy that, you know, about this comic that, and I'm glad you chose to talk about it, Richard, because I just, I adore him so much. Yeah, me too. Same. And this seems like more by the sounds of, of your description, more like the YA books. Oh, yeah, and this is fucked Yeah, up. yeah. This seemed a little yeah. bit more mature. This ain't your know, monster blood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love I love goosebumps. I love I'm just so today, like I was telling my kids, like, you know, in the most like PC non like adult way, I was basically just like fuck summer, like to these kids. I was mm-hmm. like, summer sucks. Summer's horrible. It's too hot. Long live the <laughs> fall and winter and spooky season. So like, I'm yeah. just I'm trying to get these kids amped for like shorter days and like spooky shit. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Fall, fall I love is it. Awesome, especially if you're born during the fall. I, like yeah. some people I know. 
name. Sorry, myself. I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm boring you. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. All right. Well, um, very. That's yeah. I'm excited about about reading that, and um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. All right. Well, um, I guess you know that's that's it for spotlights. I don't think Carrie has one today, um, but she'll have one next week. <laughs> you know we. Uh, just so the audience knows we purposely talked about this I before know. we recorded I, and brian's like i'm carrie do you have one and i'm like no and he's like i'm not gonna mention it i had what no words to go do? he brings it up during the I'm, show I'm, I'm not editing this out okay don't worry about it. this is staying in yeah <laughs> i'm yeah no i i put myself in the corner and i had nowhere else to yeah, go. yeah 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 so I, I know i know, I know. you're I'm not sorry. the king of segues that's yeah. for sure yeah speaking of segues <laughs> like, let's go into our uh, main subject that's a segue. So That's a segue. our our uh, main subject was um, Carlick and the Vampire um, by Bree Paulson. And uh, it's from uh, HarperCollins. The imprint is uh, Quiltree Books. And this was Carrie's Choice. Yes. So um, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and hand it over to you. Thank you. So it's, I came across this book on Amazon. It was in my recommended section. So um, thank you, Amazon algorithm, for knowing what I would like. So I just picked it <laughs> because the cover is absolutely adorable. The story follows um, little vegetable characters. Uh, Garlic is, she is the main character. And um, these vegetables were raised by Witch Agnes. They were created. And um, at first they were to be just like helpers. And then they became kind of like their own entities with like thoughts and emotions and feelings. So which Agnes kind of like lets them do them. And there's potatoes, there's tomatoes, there's garlic, there's carrot, um, there's celery. Uh, and by the way, celery is a fucking dick. We do not like celery. <laughs> um, right, now. right now we don't like celery. Yeah. Uh, so basically the synopsis of the story is that the vegetables are tending to their little they do grow vegetables which is a little strange but they grow them with the intention and knowing that they're going to be food for humans because the humans are their friends so the whole point in their garden tending is to raise them so that way they do not become sentient like they are like they are raised with love and with nourishment, but to become food for humans because the humans are also friends and they, everyone coexists. Um, they purposefully do not infuse any kind of like emotion because they do not want the vegetables to become sentient and then like get eaten because that's fucked up, right? Yeah. So they, um, so the synopsis, they go and they are, tending to their garden and they keep seeing smoke coming out of like a fireplace chimney in a in a, a long abandoned castle so they realize that something is in the castle they do not know who it is but celery because he's a fucking asshole says that <laughs> it might be a vampire and if there's a vampire because that's where vampires live they always live in castles and if there's a vampire then who needs to go but garlic Garlic is sweet. Garlic is sleepy. Garlic like snaps. I totally like felt like kinship with garlic yeah. from like page one. I, I got garlic. <laughs> and so garlic was very scared because she's not a brave girl. And oh. celery basically 
creates a peer pressure situation to where garlic has to accept this job of this task of going to um just to investigate because if anybody can repel vampires it's garlic um which agnes sets up celery to go be garlic's accompaniment because since this was celery's bright idea he gets to go as well now um they do go and they get to the castle and what does celery do fucking celery dips the moment he fucking gets there he he's bounces such a great, he's, he's such a he's mm-hmm. such a dick and i was so upset but anyways garlic trying to be a brave girl goes into the castle lo and behold she does encounter a vampire but fair reader know that the vampire is kind of hot I was surprised Brie Paulson does a hell of a a cute vampire (laughs) and he's like he has an agreement with the local vampire hunters that basically he's retired from hunting humans he just wants to live the rest of his immortality peacefully Um, he's created a vegetable infused like drink that doesn't mimic the taste of blood but it's very refreshing and it's the color of blood so it's his alternative he's literally gone vegan and so um he's very happy with it and he grows his own garden so garlic and the and count the vampire become friends and garlic introduces count to the other veggie people and to which agnes so it's all it's all in all a very 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 cute story um garlic and carrot carrot is like this tall dashing carrot (laughs) and he is so in love with garlic yeah it's just the fucking purest thing i have ever seen in my life i cried reading this and it I cried over some fucking vegetables getting teary-eyed. Brie Paulson is a magician as far as illustrations are concerned, in my opinion. The the emotion that she evokes in a teardrop, in a smile, in a smirk, in these facial expressions that fucking vegetables have on their face astounded me. Like yeah, I was gonna I, say that the facial expressions are so good in this. I mean, it's it's incredible, and it's the sweetest thing. It's not gross. It's very all ages friendly. Um, even like I was very worried. I've just now I, I'm very scared of cute things. So I immediately texted Brian. I'm like, please tell me which Agnes is good, because she can't be bad. And he's like, no, 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 she's good. I'm like, oh, okay. Because even like which Agnes at first she looks very um, uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable seeing her character, and you don't know how it's going to go. And she's so nice, and everything is just—it's just a tale about being brave, and about how even though it sucks, and even though you're you may lose what support you had in that situation the situation will probably not be as tough as you think it will be that you've worked yourself up so much that it's not 
it's not as bad as it is. It is it really? It's not as bad as it is in your mind. And and I think that's why, like, it's, it was like a story I needed to read. I was like, oh my god, I get it. I'm like, I'm a brave girl too, garlic. We can do this <laughs> together. Like I was. Oh, it's just it's such a sweet story. The illustrations are phenomenal. The coloring, the writing, everything Brie Paulson did in this particular book. And, and I know she has um, a webcomic, I believe, uh, an adult webcomic called Patrick the Vampire or maybe Vampire. I don't know how she pronounces it. Um, but I, I believe it's in a, a webcomic that she already has. But this is her first like traditionally published all ages book. It's incredible. I cannot high, I cannot recommend this enough. Like, and then there's there's another book. Yeah. There's another book. And I cannot wait to read it. Like I'm so excited because it it's just high quality shit. It's really good. And even the vampire was hot. <laughs> Everything was cool. Every I'm just like stunned. And I and I didn't go really into depth of, of the story because I don't think I would do it justice. Yeah. And telling you all the nuances of it, because so many of the pages are silent scenes, and it really see you're, you're yawning too. I'm telling you, it's contagious. Um, like <laughs> so, so many of the of the nuances of the characters, there's no words. It's like there's a point. Oh my god, when carrot smirks at garlic. Like, it's just like a cute little, like, I like, you know, that it's that look you give someone when you like them. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. only way to describe it. And it's just so cute. Oh, my yeah. God. I love it. It's just, oh, my gosh. Just buy it. Yeah. Buy the book. You will not be disappointed. Well, I hate it. No, I, I, I love you. <laughs> I, I love it, too. Um, like, all abusive over this book. Character. Yeah, that was super sweet and, like, yeah. effervescent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a good palate cleanser. I mean, from the last couple of weeks, um, we had like Stray Dogs two weeks ago, and that was a gut punch. And then Love and Rockets um, was good, but it was definitely, a, it was kind of a, a, a slog to read. So this was warm and breezy and happy. And, mm -hmm. you know, like everyone was was essentially a, a good guy. And and it was, but it was still a lot of fun. And there was still like- Except for Celery. Fuck Celery. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the Draco Malfoy of the of the story so far, <laughs> uh, so maybe he'll have a redemption arc. Maybe we'll, we'll end up liking celery. Celery is one of the few uh, one of the few um, foods out there that you actually lose calories while eating. Did you know that? Yes, I yeah. did. That's why I only eat it with ranch dip. Yes, because celery is <laughs> pointless without it. Yeah, um, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, I like the character designs. I love how the little town that they live in. They live in the personification, like a like a version of what they are. So garlic lives in a little garlic house. Carrot lives in the carrot house. It's and they're, and of course they're next door neighbors. And yeah, they're they're really cute together. So when they when it, there's a point when all the vegetables are like working each other up and getting very nervous about what could possibly be living in the castle, mm -hmm. and the bulkiest boy of the bunch, the potato boy was like I'll go take care of it and it's like it's just the way that they're illustrated you can hear the voices in your yeah. head so you knew <laughs> yeah. he was like a little chunky like stout like yeah I'm gonna and, go 
fuck this guy up, you know? It's I like so how each of them had like a personality. Yes. And they each kind of went with what kind of vegetable they were. You know, it seemed like everything was kind of appropriate for what they were. And then also like like um I think he was like a like a pumpkin or something. Was he a pumpkin? Who the, the big guy? Oh maybe it was the pumpkin. Yeah. Um or but, a potato. It's one of them. But he was um but they, like him and like the parsnip were like older. Yes, and yes, like you yes. can tell that they were like the they they've been there longer, and yes. they were kind of like the more like older siblings. Yes, to, and they had that kind of that protectiveness. That, yes, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. absolutely. And right. I thought that was great. Like I, I just there, it's a short story. Um, it's a really easy read, but there's so much like lore that's added yeah. into the story that like like you you know there's no like, there's no like exposition. Like you don't know. Like you find out why Agnes created the created the little veggies and but you don't it's not like a a page of like of like backstory it's just like mm-hmm. i created you so you can help me um build a garden and then that's all we need to know and here they are you know so yeah and it's great i mean page first two pages garlic oversleeps for her job uh-huh. and she gets so stressed out during her job she wants to go home and take a nap mm-hmm. literally my life <laughs> that's me every day i read that and i was like carrie you're gonna like this book just so you know i, I think carrie like, I was, sleeping. when i read the book carrie was napping <laughs> i i mean i nap constant and i mean like i nap for like two two to like four hours that is a nap yeah anything less than is stupid it's not even worth my time got a nap always so yeah i really i really loved the book it was just so sweet and i'm richard you enjoyed it yeah no i really enjoyed it oh my god what was your favorite was- part um, I just like when, like, I was just like, Celery's not going to leave. Like, he's not going to no. really leave. He's going to come back. And no, no, he was just a piece of trash. Like, I was just like, wow, he yeah. really left. What a douchebag. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And then, and there's no comeuppance yet. Like, everyone's kind of disappointed in him. But, but yeah, they're all, the, I'm assuming later there'll be like a little bit of a, of a, you know, he'll grow. I'm hoping. I wanted Kel, uh, I wanted Carrot to kick his ass. <laughs> like, he got real close. He grabbed him. Yeah. yeah. And then nothing happened. So, do you guys have a favorite character so far? I love Garlic. Yeah. Like, I, te- I text a bride. I'm like, she is me. I am her. <laughs> like, I just felt a- like I just felt very strong with her. How about, how about you, Richard? you have a favorite so far? The, the raven seems cool. Oh, Solace? Yeah. 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 Ravens are always a good way to go as well. That's what I like about this too. That it has a spoopy kind of feel to it, you know? Yeah, very. Um, um, yeah. And I guess uh, Brie Paulson loves all things autumnal. Autumnal. I don't know how to say that word. Autumnal? In the fall. Autumnal. Autumnal. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she does. She feels like it. Yeah. Which that once again, you know, ball is the best. So yeah. Definitely. What's your favorite character? Um, I really, I, I really like garlic for obvious reasons, um, and and I did like carrot a lot as Very well. Cute. Yeah. Um, I thought they made a really good um combination. I don't know. Did garlic and carrots go together? Usually, not usually, right? So. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but 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 yeah, in this book they do, and yeah. they're really cute together. So. But if you're looking for um, a quick read, if you've had a tough week or you uh, just want something to kind of read in between other books, I think, like everyone's saying, this, this is a light read. It's fun. It's whimsical. 
it's not very difficult. It's, and it's so entertaining and it's just, it's really beautifully, beautifully done. I mean, kudos to Brie Paulson. We got holiday gift season coming up and this is a, this would be a good gift for. Yeah. I think it teaches a valuable lesson yeah. too. Definitely. But, um, but yeah, this was, I was glad. Thanks yeah. Amazon. I'll never say that again. So, but... Jeff Bezos. so much whimsy. Yes. yes. Bezos is in his uh, rocket ship going, you're welcome, Carrie. That's that guy. <laughs> I do it for you. No, the poor people that don't make a living <laughs> wage who are picking exactly. in the Amazon warehouses. Yeah. The guy who wrote the algorithm, you know, like that, that helped decide that I was about to show you. I have a friend who picks not for Amazon, but for Walmart. Ooh. And um, her job is pure shit. Yeah, and uh, it's I feel for anybody who does that job for a living because they don't get paid enough for what they do and the kind of conditions that they have to do it in. Yeah, that's absurd. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, that was that was my book. There was real quick, yeah. guys. That was a good book. Um, that was a fast one too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any final, any final thoughts on, on the book before we uh, close it up? No. I'm, it's just neat. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a neat book. It's worth a read. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really, yeah. The, the, what's the next book? It's uh, Garlic and the Witch. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to get that one soon. I'll probably, that'll be my spotlight for next week. Oh, yeah. Which is our uh, season finale, by the way, our episode 90. Will be next week. That's Episode pretty crazy. 90. I think actually, if you include the bonus episodes, we might be hitting 100 either this episode or next episode. And we don't have a corporate sponsorship yet. I'm offended, yes. sponsors. <laughs> I think we have to go find them. Oh, they won't find us, unfortunately. I need a nap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think we all need a nap. Um, but yeah. If um, Well, I guess we that might be it for the episode then. Hope you all enjoyed this. This is kind of an easy breezy episode too. Um, but um, yeah, once again, so thank you all for joining us. As always, very happy to have you all here. Uh, you can um, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Good Pods at CDB Pod. Um, if you like this episode, if you like other episodes, you know, subscribe. Um, you know, like you know, we're you know available basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, tell a friend, you know, shoot us a review, you know, just let us know. Um, like we like to, we like to not to be in an echo chamber. We like to hear what y'all think. You know, we're we're here to improve if we need to improve. But I'm perfect, so I don't think. That's <laughs> so for for book clubbers Fridays we will announce the next episode being subject on Instagram uh, so you can follow along you can shoot us an email with your opinions about that book at better at gmail.com or just shoot us anything email wise there um, and our website is better at wordpress.com excuse me comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com where you can request a subject for a future show uh, Richard where can we find you on the internet um, I'm at Topcat360 everywhere on the internet. Um, my football team might be good, and that Yay. hasn't happened in like 20 something years. It's scary. <laughs> is that the Dolphins? Yeah. And so, so they're it's so finally uh, the the uh, post Marino era, like where they're <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, yeah, they 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 might actually be good. We're gonna find out like in the next two weeks, but that's good. It's wild. They're that's never good. So cool. 
Like, on wood, like I had a coworker house. talk to me at, at work, and he's in like his late twenties. It's like my whole life team's never been good. This is so neat. <laughs> it's just like yeah. It is. And you know, I mean, and the um, the Panthers are doing good, and the Heat's always good. So yeah, maybe like a maybe like a trifecta of uh, championships yeah. this year in Florida and Miami. That'd I mean, awesome. that'd be insane. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, Tampa did, it, you know, so it's time for uh, time for Miami to do it. Um, but yeah, okay, so um, that's awesome. Yeah, I um, I have a couple more weeks to go until hockey starts, so excited about that as well. So, um, I'm Brighton underscore CB on Instagram, and that might be it. So. For Richard and Carrie, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Are Better podcast. And remember, everybody, comics are better, and everyone deserves comics. Bye. 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 Thank you, everyone. Woo.